Chapter 40 Love Luke 23, 52, and 53 Going to Pilate, Joseph asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. Have you been to many funerals? They can be strange. No one really seems to know how they're supposed to act. When I'm in a funeral, I sense that almost everyone there is struggling to find the answer to one question. They are all silently wondering the same thing. How am I supposed to feel right now? What is the most appropriate and respectful way to handle myself? If you have to go to a funeral for someone you weren't all that close to, it's hard because you know that you're going to have to work yourself up to feel sad and somber, even though you don't really feel that way. If you have to go to the funeral of someone you were really close to, everything about it is hard. You probably want to be alone and you have to work yourself up just to be able to show your face in front of anyone. Funerals can be so emotionally draining and so difficult that sometimes you wonder why we bother to do them in the first place. But obviously, when it's someone you really care about, you just want something to do to show that person some more respect and honor. You want to say goodbye. It's painful and confusing, but it's really all about showing love. Six months before Jesus went to the cross, he set his sights on Jerusalem and told his followers what would happen to him. He told them he would be betrayed, arrested, flogged, and crucified. He also told them he would be raised from the dead on the third day, but the twelve disciples didn't listen. They were frightened and disoriented by Jesus' prophecies. They didn't know what to do, so they wound up not listening not believing his words and kind of sweeping the whole thing under the rug. The 12 weren't the only ones Jesus told though. And we know this because a few nights before our Lord went to the cross, something really strange happened at a dinner party in the village of Bethany, just outside Jerusalem. A man called Simon the leper threw a big party for Jesus at his house. Most people believe that Jesus had healed him from leprosy and that's why he was able to have all these people over. The 12 disciples were there along with some other followers, including Lazarus, whom Jesus had just raised from the dead. In the middle of this dinner party, Lazarus's sister, Mary, came into the dining room crying. She was holding a bottle of perfume that was probably worth between twenty dollars and $30,000. No kidding. It was a family treasure. It was probably her dowry. When she got to where Jesus was at the table, she cracked open the bottle and poured some of the oil on his head. The disciples started freaking out. What in the world are you doing? They shouted. The gospels tell us that Jesus's friends became angry and treated her harshly, berating her and saying she was wasting it. But Mary didn't care. As the strong smell of that perfume filled Simon's dining room and indeed the whole house, the tears poured down her face and she bent down, pouring some of the oil on Jesus' feet. She wiped his feet with her hair as the fragrant 
and costly oil mingled with her tears. Jesus came to her defense, telling the disciples to leave her alone because she had done a beautiful thing for him. He said, it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. Okay, wait a second. Time out. Did he just say burial? I mean, what in the world could that mean? All of a sudden, Jesus declared that they were in the middle of a funeral service, his funeral service. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he had turned a funeral into a party. And now he was turning a party into a funeral. Mary was crying, lonely in her grief, preparing Jesus's body for burial, showing him honor by giving him her very best. But wait, Jesus was still alive. How can you have a funeral for someone who isn't yet dead? It's so weird. What was going on? Could it be that Mary was the only one of Jesus's followers who had listened to his prophecies about dying and then rising from the dead? Could it be that she alone knew and believed that he wouldn't be in his grave for very long? And that if she was going to anoint his body for burial, it had to be now. The disciples were confused, but Jesus accepted her gift. The dinner party funeral might be my very favorite moment in all the gospels. I love it because this woman stood alone against the world and showing Jesus her love for him. And he loved it back. I want to be like that. I want to stand against the tide and love him no matter what anyone else thinks. Mary may have been the first, but she wasn't the last. In Luke chapter 23, after Jesus breathed his last, an unexpected and previously unknown follower of Jesus came out of the shadows and boldly revealed his heart for the Lord. A rich and powerful member of the Jewish ruling council named Joseph of Arimathea sought an audience with Pilate to beg for the body of Jesus. Now, this was a pretty risky thing to do for many reasons. First of all, Pilate had been cornered into a decision he didn't want to make by that same ruling council. So why in the world should he grant another and totally different request by one of them concerning Jesus? Not only that, but Joseph was risking his power and position by coming out publicly against the rest of the leadership. He had not agreed with their decision, and now everyone would know where he stood. Pilate granted that Jesus' body be given to Joseph, however, and Joseph spent the next few hours in a frantic whirlwind of preparation. He and another detractor from the leadership who had come to believe in Jesus named Nicodemus ran around town gathering supplies, buying linen and burial spices, and even closing a real estate deal on a brand new tomb in Joseph's name. The two men rushed around like mad, getting everything they needed so they could slow down for the moment that really mattered. And before the sun set on the darkest day, these two secret disciples bravely took the broken and lifeless body of our Lord down from the cross and tenderly cared for it, washing him, crying over him, 
praying for strength and wrapping him for burial. Oh, to be a part of those compassionate hours. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you gave your life for me. I confess, I don't always know how I'm supposed to feel. I know you don't want me to feel sorry for you, but sometimes my heart breaks for you because I love you. I want you to know it. I want to live out my love for you. I don't care what the rest of this world thinks. If they think it's a waste, it doesn't matter to me. You love my love for you. And that's enough for me. I want to give you my time, my energy, my treasure, my gifts, my heart. In my best moments, you're all that really matters to me. In my best moments, everything I do for you comes only from this. I love you, Lord. 